Welcome to Life with Jerry Williams, the podcast. I'm Jerry Williams. Today, I'm going to be talking to a very special young man. I hinted at this last week. Jack Griffin is his name, and he founded Food Finder. It's an app and a website designed to help people find local food pantries. And that's for people who need the services of the food pantry, as well as those who would like to donate or volunteer with the food pantries. More on his story coming up right now. This week's good news. I Still Believe, the movie based on the life of Jeremy Camp, has been nominated for a People's Choice Award in the Drama Movie of 2020 category. Now, it's up against the movies Dangerous Lies, Hamilton, that might be a tough one to beat, The High Note, The Photograph, Greyhound, The Invisible Man, and The Way Back. I'll put a link in the show notes so that you can vote for... I still believe in the drama movie of 2020 category for the People's Choice Award. Thanks to COVID-19, there is a new term, quarista. That's uh, a combination of quarantine and barista for people who are learning new coffee skills during the pandemic. Most of them say they're going to continue brewing their own coffee even after the pandemic ends and their normal coffee shops open back up. 75% of people who have been doing this say they spend at least two hours learning a new way to make coffee. Some are using espresso machines for the first time, some experimenting with cold brew, others into traditional drip coffees. Uber Eats is going to be deploying a fleet of food trucks to offer free food to voters in line at polling places in 25 cities across America, major cities, including Atlanta, which is right near where I live. And they will also offer an in-app feature for people who are having a hard time finding their polling places. And they offer reduced fares for trips to and from voting because a fairly significant portion of the population says, I'd love to go vote. I just don't have a way to get there. Congratulations to Chick-fil-A, the number one fast food franchise among teens for the sixth year in a row. Rounding out the top five, Starbucks, Chipotle, Dunkin' Donuts, and McDonald's. And now for the honeybee story of the week. This isn't brand new, but it's a continuing problem. Honey, the third most faked food in the world behind milk and olive oil. Oftentimes, high fructose corn syrup is mixed in with real honey and then passed off as honey. It's a major problem for the FDA and other food protection groups. A lot of this originates in China. They crack down on honey imports from China. So the honey exporters from China have routed their honey through other countries to try and disguise where it actually comes from. They test They find out it's fake honey or that it's honey that's been adulterated with other stuff. Then the honey adulterators find ways to beat those tests it's a it's a it's a tragic problem and it really hurts local beekeepers who try to sell their honey and make a little bit of money on it because you mix all this other stuff in with the honey you can sell it a lot cheaper best way to make sure that you are getting actual real pure honey is to buy local I believe it was a few episodes ago on a segment of this week's Good News, I mentioned a guy named Jack Griffin. His smiling face was being put, or at least the lower half of his face, was being put on several Lay's potato chip 
packages, uh, the barbecue chips, which were his favorite, and a, a cheddar cheese puffy kind of thing as part of the Smile with Lay's program. They choose 30 individuals, I guess every year, who are doing some exemplary things in their own communities. Well, Jack was nominated by his dad because Jack, when he was still in high school, founded Food Finder. It's an app and a website to help people access the services of food pantries. Well, I was so impressed with this story and what what Jack has been able to do, especially since he started out doing it just as a high school kid, I tracked him down. I called the website. I looked on the website, got the contact information I called. I think it was his mom who answered the phone and uh, asked to set up an interview. He called me back and we did an interview via Zoom and I share that with you now. You are the founder of Food Finder. It's a website and an app. I found out about you because of Lay's potato chips. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. It's an unlikely place to hear about what we've got going on, but um, even though Food Finder itself, it's a nonprofit I started back in high school. We launched in 2014 in September. We were a part of a campaign that just launched as the largest PR initiative that we've ever been affiliated with. And you can find us uh, in the App Store, uh, online, and now in store shelves uh, <laughs> on uh, Lay's potato chip bags as a part of their Smiles with Lay's campaign, where they feature folks like myself who are nonprofit founders, uh, community leaders, really anyone just doing work in their community to bring smiles to others who may be less fortunate or who may need a helping hand. So to be a part of a, a campaign that's nationwide featuring good work and stories that make us feel good, you know, we could all use that right now. We couldn't be more grateful. Have you seen the potato chip bags yet? Oh, yes. My parents and I have uh, acquired uh, several of them. Um, oh, but, well, my wife was out grocery shopping the other day, and I had told them that I was trying to get a hold of you, and she brought home a bag of the lace. It was the uh, the cheddar cheese puffy ones or whatever. Yeah, the white uh, cheddar poppables. Like, that's the guy. That's yeah. Jack that I was telling you about. And your story's <laughs> right in the back of the bag, and you're also on the barbecue chip bag. Oh, yeah. That was my that was personal favorite, so that was a big yeah. hit for us. Very exciting. Now, have you noticed any kind of an increase in traffic to the website or the app since this whole thing with Lay's happened? Yeah, for sure. And on top of overall increases in usage, certainly the earned media, the folks like y'all at Joy FM graciously taking the time to feature our work, especially as one of um, a Georgia born and raised cause to be featured uh, nationwide, then it's been really impactful because the unique thing about Food Finder being a national resource and a national organization being associated with a campaign like this is really, it's just, it's a virtuous cycle to where the more people who hear about us, the more people who may want to donate to directly support our cause, the more people who may want to share our platform uh, with their neighbors, with their child's schools to make sure that children who are on free introduced lunch and who rely on school meals can also receive help from Food Finder. You know, the more people who know about us, the more people we can actually serve nationwide. And that's what's so uh, exciting about the prospect of an initiative like this one. So tell me how you started this. You said you did it back in high school. And from the little bit that I've read and seen on the website, you were looking for a food pantry or a food bank to, to volunteer at, weren't you? That's exactly right. It started with a news story back in 2013. You know, back then we were coming out of the Great Recession and the economy was improving, but still the people who were the hardest hit 
who were being left behind in the economic recovery were folks like homeless families, hungry children, and their parents who really needed assistance from places like food pantries. So seeing that story initially, just understanding the reality of what tens of millions of kids go through in America was really eye-opening for me and you know, lit a fire under me. It was like, all right, where can I do to help, you know, to do my part to help out? And when I you know, just went to Google and didn't know, you know where else to turn, of just trying to find places nearby where I could volunteer at, donate some food to. Even just a simple online search left a lot to be desired. And that's when I realized that for just the nature of programs like food pantries that are really small, really local, have very sort of compact digital footprints, Hmm. it's, you know, Google's a lot better at pointing you to restaurants than it is for food pantries, just because of the nature of the type of services being offered. And, you know, I was a regular kid wanting to help out, but why was it so difficult to find these places when there are families who desperately need the assistance and the food being distributed there? And that disconnect, that information gap really didn't settle well with me. And that's the more specific, concrete problem of connecting the people looking for help with the places that offer it. Uh, That's what gave rise to Food Finder. So when did it actually go live? Yeah, not that anyone's counting. Uh, May 27th, 2014, foodfinderga.org was the initial URL. Now it's foodfinder.us. Now that we're a national resource, but back in May of 2014, we just had a couple dozen food pantries in a database. Folks could even search around what school they went to in like Gwinnett County Public Schools and find food pantries near them right here in Gwinnett County. And now you have food pantries nationwide. Yes, that's correct. We have 45,000 food assistance programs across all 50 states, about three out of every four in America. And even in the early days, we were told that it was impossible to even have a statewide resource for every food pantry in Georgia. We achieved that in 2015. And now in 2020, we are helping folks. uh, We've actually helped folks in more than 10,000 different towns and cities across America. Now, if someone is listening and they work at a food pantry, they have a food pantry and they go to your website or they download the app and they're not listed, is there a way for them to get into this database? That's a great question. And that's certainly something we want to help promote because, you know, we still have gaps in coverage here and there and which is the information of places changing all the time because of COVID-19. There are two ways to go about it. Either you can contact us directly. We have a Uh, message board and a contact us form on our website that you can just write us directly. Let us know if you send us the information, we can upload it literally within 60 seconds and have your pin appear on our assistance map. Mm -hmm. Or you can actually, uh, if you are a volunteer, if you're in a community where you know of a program that's not yet included, uh, then you can actually hit the update slash add a pantry button on our website because we want to make sure we want to make sure that those voices are heard. And there's just, you know, looks like a you know, Google form survey um, where you can fill in the name, street address, hours of operation, contact information, anything that you would want a food insecure family to know about your program and hit submit and we'll approve it and it'll be live on our site. Now, do you have people who are like you were wanting to volunteer or make donations to the food pantries also making use of the app and the website? Yeah, no, that certainly is um, a big use case that we want to cater to because it's still, you know, we're all trying to help the same people, whether it's um, community members where, especially during the pandemic, hunger and food insecurity have skyrocketed mm-hmm. and they've received a lot of attention in the national media, which is you know, deserved because people need to understand that even though hunger is really bad right now, there were close to 40 million Americans who were food insecure before the pandemic, when we were at full employment. 
So certainly all the willingness to help, the desire to help our neighbors in need is always something we want to celebrate and capitalize on. So whether it's donations, we, we don't facilitate donations ourselves or provide transportation, but still, you know, the information has several different uses for which people, listeners who just want to help out or who, do, who, who don't know where their local food pantry is because they're really hard to find, then that's certainly a benefit that we want to help make happen. At the Joy FM, we work with food pantries pretty often. Every year we do a thing called T-shirts for turkeys where people bring turkeys or donations for local food pantries to help out around Thanksgiving and Christmas time. We've tried doing a couple of them at the actual food pantry locations, and some of them are really tucked away in kind of remote areas, which makes it, makes it difficult for people to find them. And we do several other things throughout the year. We do, um, mm-hmm. we do a thing with school kids who are on the, the, the free lunch programs. You know, a lot of them get backpacks over the weekend with yeah. food so that they've got food. So we've done uh, backpacks for kids kind of a thing where we help the food pantries out with those types of non-perishable things that they can send home with the kids. I will make sure that our promotions department knows about your app because we're always expanding the areas that we go to and always are looking for food pantries to work with in those specific local communities. For sure. No, that's great to hear. Appreciate y'all helping out like you are. And that's exactly right to where for the programs like the ones that you help put on for Food Finder itself and for the food pantries that are run out of churches, faith-based institutions, school, you know, school meal assistance programs. It's sort of, we all face the same issue to where if people don't know about them, then they can't utilize the services and the help that's being offered. So, you know, that's exactly why we don't want to, we're not here to throw more money or more food here at Food Finder at the problem. We want to make sure that all the amazing work already being done in communities across Georgia and across America are being properly utilized so that everyone can be better off as a result. What has been your biggest challenge with getting this whole thing up and running and then maintaining it? That's a great question. And I think it uh, you touch on the answer right there at the end. Food Finder obtaining, you know, we're working towards the ultimate goal of being the first ever national database directory, what have you, of every food pantry in America, of which there are about 60,000. Of course, no one knows exactly how many there are, which is sort of part of the problem. Obtaining that really unparalleled and uh, incredibly important set of information is one thing, but as I touched on earlier, that information is not static. Even if a food pantry starts giving out food on Tuesdays instead of Wednesdays, that's a really important change that we need to be sure is reflected on our platform so we can do our part to reward the faith that our users put in us and to accurately and reliably guide people to local programs where, where, where they and their families can get assistance. So data verification and data maintenance is really the sort of a never-ending game that Food Finder will be involved in as long as we exist. But we're getting more and more help. Of course, each and every donation we get, each and every grant we get, all goes towards expanding our team, helping with data verification, and getting the information of new food assistance programs that we didn't have currently. So it's all, all working in tandem, but certainly it, it keeps our hands full. What is the, the greatest reward, I guess, for you personally, having seen this start out with you trying to Google search to find food pantries to now it's a nationwide program? I'm just really fortunate to where Food Finder, I never intended it to be a full-time job of mine. Uh, again, it was a passion project from school that I really couldn't turn away from, that I didn't want to 
just let stand idly by. So even throughout high school, throughout all four years of college, continuing to grow, continuing to lean on to, to uh, rely on and lean on the support of my friends and family just to stick with it, even when there were some really rough patches and hard times. Being able to hear the stories of the people we helped again, even though we're a, a website and a and an app that's pretty, you know, it's kind of nebulous. It's a bit more distant than your average, you know, brick and mortar food pantry from the people we serve. You know, people still email us directly. People call us. And a lot of times the most dire circumstances and the people who are in the toughest situations do call us directly. And it's our job to be there for them. Sometimes just listening is half of what they needed. But still, whether it's people trying to call for help for their disabled parents, people, a woman who called us last year was calling us from a hospital bed was even having suicidal thoughts at the time mm. because of how difficult her financial situation was, family troubles. Food is oftentimes one of many hurdles that individuals and families are facing in this country if they find themselves in dire straits. So even though it's in our name, food is what we do, it's our job to be there to take care of the person who reaches out to us in any way that we responsibly can. So ensuring that we're there for folks and then likewise, hearing, staying in touch with them and making sure that, that they're doing better and that they got the help that they needed. That's all the motivation I need to keep on not only doing what we're doing, but to do it more and do it better than we ever have before. What about surprises? What has surprised you about this work, either good or bad? A pleasant surprise or, oh, I didn't see that coming kind of surprise. Initially, something that was surprising, because I'll end with the good news, um, Initially, something that was surprising and it was part of my learning curve as Food Finder was getting off the ground was just understanding more about the fight against hunger in America and more, more broadly about the nonprofit sector. And that was where I sort of had to grapple with the fact that it's very fragmented. America's social safety net isn't really isn't user friendly. And that if especially in a time like the pandemic, when there are people who have prided themselves for decades on always having a job always being able to make ends meet and pay their bills, having to all of a sudden they need help from a food pantry. They don't have a job anymore from something that was entirely out of their control. Then there's a really difficult, a lot of hoops that people have to jump through just to even get help. Whether it's rent assistance, shelter, food, and we really make it hard to be poor in America. So that was disheartening. Even folks who have been in, Social service for decades can even find themselves being jaded and just really worn out because it's, it, it is really disheartening to see that you could spend decades on an issue and not see the me needle move that much. So just trying to see how can we understand that those are forces we have to be wary of and try and circumnavigate them and sort of rise above it, even though we're not immune ourselves, that was a, a surprising challenge. But at the same time, people's willingness to support our cause, even if they never heard of me and my story, if they never heard of Food Finder in general, people's generosity, their compassion, their kindness for a, a kid they've never heard of working on some company and project that they've never heard of, uh, people's, that really, not only in seeing the best of the people we're hoping to serve, seeing the best of our friends, our family members, and honestly, strangers who believe in what we're doing. I had no idea that Food Finder's message and the way we go about our work would resonate with so many people. And that's where, if it's a surprise donation, if it's people giving us a shout out, 
then it all, it all means the world to us. And, you know, never taking that for granted is I think why we've been able to endure for six plus years and to keep on keeping on. Is there anything I have not asked you about that you're hoping to be able to address? I think it is worth covering what COVID-19 has done to America and the fight against hunger. I know that like we've seen on the news, uh, especially in March and April at the onset of the pandemic, people were literally lined up for miles. It was on foot, in cars, in stadium parking lots, just trying to get groceries for them and their families when they were unemployed. Now, thanks to estimates from Feeding America and No Kid Hungry, we know that 18 million children now face hunger in America because of COVID-19, and about uh, and 50 million total Americans are facing food insecurity right now. So when the demand is as high as it is, food finders' usage immediately quadrupled. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the pandemic began, we were serving 3,000 people a day, every day in March and April. There's, there's no shortage of work to be done. But even though we can see these, the massive scope of these problems, sometimes these massive problems need massive solutions. That's why Food Finder is here. And even for, for folks listening at home, you don't have to start a nonprofit. You don't have to have a, a you know, grandiose idea of what a better future might look like. Just the willingness to help uh, is all that matters. So whether it's supporting Food Finder, of course, we're incredibly grateful. Uh, every dollar donated to Food Finder actually helps us connect 20 food insecure individuals to food assistance nationwide, or if it's even finding your local food pantry to support, seeing if there are programs at schools that you can support other students or people in your neighborhood, then once everyone chips in uh, however they can and whatever they feel comfortable with, then that's when we can really make a meaningful and transformative difference in what America looks like, and we can uplift everyone who really needs it. Well, Jack, I thank you so much for your time today. We will be sure and have links to both the app and the website in the show notes on the podcast. Hats off to you. Just a, kudos, a tremendous, tremendous story of just seeing a need and doing what you could, what was in your capability of doing to, to meet that need. That's, I, th- I think, an example that all of us could take. Thank you so much. You're too kind. We're doing our best. I was really impressed with Jack Griffin, the founder of Food Finder. What, a, what an extraordinary young man, exemplifying kindness. And, you know, it's really pretty easy for us to point out the bad, the evil, the sin that seems rampant in the world today. Yeah, when we do so, we need to be careful of the manner in which we do it. Make no mistake, these things need to be addressed Yet, to do so in a way that suggests that maybe we're somehow above such things puts us in danger of actually condemning ourselves. Paul explains in his letter to the Romans, You have no excuse, every one of you who passes judgment, for in that which you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same things. Wait a minute, you may be thinking... I don't do those things. I don't murder, cheat, steal, riot. I'm not like that. Yet James writes that whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles in one point has been guilty of all. Now, there was a group from a local church where I lived that used to gather at a busy intersection armed with a bullhorn, a big Bible, and placards with what I'm sure they thought were especially clever sayings like, 
God created Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve, and God hates sinners. And I'm not really sure what they thought they were going to accomplish with that approach. Did they really believe they were going to change anyone's heart, let alone their mind, with that kind of action? That, I believe, is the type of behavior Paul was talking about. Now, thankfully, we are not without hope. Paul goes on to write that the kindness of God leads to repentance. To Titus, Paul wrote, For we also once were foolish ourselves, disobedient, deceived, enslaved to various lusts and pleasures, spending our life in malice and envy, hateful, hating one another. But when the kindness of God our Savior and His love for mankind appeared, He saved us, not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, but according to His mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewing by His Holy Spirit. God's kindness, often referred to in the Bible as loving kindness, is attractive in part because it's so rare. But it doesn't have to be. Once we have experienced God's kindness, we can share it. In fact, we're instructed to do just that in several places in the Bible. Paul writes in Ephesians that we are to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love. And a little later in that same chapter, he expounds on that instruction when he writes, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. The Old Testament prophet Micah puts it this way, He has told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God? God's kindness is not only available for us, but for us to share so that others might be attracted to the eternal love God has for each one of us. Well, thank you so much for joining us for Life with Jerry Williams, the podcast. In the show notes of this episode, I will have a link to Food Finder, where you can find out more about the work of Jack Griffin. I'll also put a link to the uh, website where you can vote for the movie I Still Believe, based on the life of Jeremy Camp. It's up for a People's Choice Award, and People's Choice means the people choose, so you get to vote. Please do subscribe to the podcast. That way you will not miss an episode. If your platform allows, give us a five-star review or five-star rating and and perhaps a review. This has been kind of a weird week. I I started the week uh, going down to Florida for the share for our radio network, the Joy FM that I work at. I work at the Joy FM Georgia Network, and we do our fundraising from the home office in Florida. Got down there on Monday, and Monday afternoon found out that several staff members in Florida had tested positive for COVID-19. Well, we were supposed to be there Tuesday through Friday raising funds for the Joy FM. Well, you get three people in the building who test positive, you shut it down. So we came home. There were three of us from Georgia that went. Uh, Benji Shepard, who I co-host the Finding Joy podcast with, and uh, Jules, who's been a guest on this podcast, as well as having her own, the Jules Show podcast. So we rented a car and we drove back. We've been quarantined. I've been working from home. So I'm recording this on, on a Friday before it comes out. 
on Monday. What is Monday? Uh, Friday's the 9th, uh, the 12th, the 12th. Hopefully by the time you hear this, I have gotten my test results back. I tested on Friday and they're supposed to get them back to me within 24 hours or so. And I hopefully will be back in the office. I've been working from home. I'm recording this podcast on my home studio. So the audio quality might be a little bit different. Hopefully it's great quality, just maybe slightly different because I'm using a different microphone at home than I do at the office. Anyway, all that to say, we'll be back with another exciting episode next time on Life with Jerry Williams.